0: This is Sportscasters Anonymous. A weekly podcast about sports, all sports MLB, the NBA, the NFL, the NHL, collegiate football, and collegiate basketball. But there's more. We'll even talk about sports video games, sports movies. It's all here. You're listening to Sportscasters Anonymous on the Random Chatter Network, broadcasting to the globe from Jacksonville, Florida. This is Don and Chip.
1: What's up, everybody? How you doing out there? My name is Don. He's Chip. We are Sportscasters Anonymous. This is show number eight, recorded on June 7th, 2020. We got a lot to go over with with you this week, some interesting topics and some amazing news. But let's kick it off. Chip, how you doing, buddy?
2: I'm doing good. This uh, this has been an interesting week, both uh, uh, very personally for me. So uh, I'm ready for a a, a good show.
1: I'd say they're all good shows. Um, I'm going to warn you, based on our uh, chatter between the two of us during the week, I'm going to warn everybody ahead of time. If you listen to the show last week, I was a lot, a little hot under the collar with baseball. Uh, this week, we are beyond that. Volcanic, explosive, nuclear, call it how you want. But when we get to baseball, I promise I will attempt to use restraint. But I so, can't guarantee it.
2: <laughs> so basically, stay tuned for that and, and make sure you tune in for that.
1: Yeah. Um in the meantime, before we get to that, we do have a good show to present without me ranting. So, Chip, why don't you let the folks out there know how they can contact us?
2: Absolutely. Uh so you can contact us uh through our email. Uh mine is Chip at randomchatter.com, uh or you can contact Don at Don at randomchatter.com. Uh you can all find us on Twitter. It our uh name is at sports or at sport cast a n o n you can join us on discord uh under the random chatter and you can support us on patreon and buy our stuff on random com slash store He <laughs> did it i did really it you now. had the
0: gaff
1: on the twitter
2: <laughs> I, I i i i you know i'm used to saying sports so
1: yeah it's all good. I, I, was, I was sitting there going, is he going to slip? No, I think he's got... Eh, wrong answer. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, let's jump to the news and discussions. Uh, let's kick off the show kind of like we normally have lately with some NFL updates. Uh, the first update that we have here, um, everyone's been talking about SoFi Stadium, this beautiful new stadium that's getting built. Um, unfortunately, there has been a tragedy involved with the stadium, Chip.
2: Yeah. So, uh, the stadium is for the Los Angeles Rams and, and chargers and it's supposed to, uh, open this season. Um, so they're going through the final, I guess, you know, building of the roof and, and all the little things. And they had a, uh, a worker that was working on the, the construction site. Um, and he actually fell off the roof and, uh, unfortunately plummeted to his death that night. So it's not, it's, It's a tough time for that stadium and the owners, um, but I did want to put that in there to kind of bring light to that, that this unfortunately happened. They did go on to talk about uh, a little bit about the stadium. Uh, It was initially estimated to cost $2.6 billion. Now the price of it is more than $5 billion. Um, So it's a very state-of-the-art, impressive facility, but it is is unfortunate that they did have a death in the stadium. That's that's not good at all. No, it's uh,
1: definitely not good. But we do want to send um, our thoughts and our prayers out to that family who lost a loved one, uh, trying to contribute their part to the to the, the dream of the NFL. So we, yeah. we are sorry to they hear did, the news.
2: They did put a disclaimer at the bottom of the article. Basically, this is the first known incident that has resulted in a death at the construction site. Find that kind of interesting that you would put that in in the in the article, but yeah, that's I mean, it's it's sad. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna move on from that. We're gonna get to a little topic. We talked about this a little bit off air. So there was an article that came out basically that it it took the top three college programs that had the most NFL players and stated which college could build a NFL lineup the best. Uh, The ones that they looked at was Alabama, Ohio State, or LSU. Like
1: this Uh, article. I'm gonna
2: let you take (laughs) take you. I'm gonna let you take this a little bit better than I am because uh, you know more about college basketball or college football than I do. Um, But I was looking at some of the lineups and, and they're pretty stacked. For LSU, just to name off a few of them, the offense, you have Joe Burrow, Leonard Fournette, Odell Beckham, Jarvis Landry. Uh, So skill position-wise, they they got a lot of talent there. They also got a lot of talent on defense. You're talking about Tyrone uh, Matthew, Jamal Adams, Patrick Peterson, Tredavious White, Juan Alexander. Uh, That secondary is stacked uh, with, with playmakers. Uh, that was for LSU for for Alabama. They have probably the best offense of the three. Uh, in the fact that they have the quarterback is uh, Tua, and they have Derrick Henry, Julio Jones, Amari Cooper, O.J. Howard, Josh Jacobs as their skill positions. Those are, that's that's a stud skill position there. They're 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 lacking on defense. They didn't really have that star power on defense. I mean. You got There's a couple Collins. names
1: up there. There's a couple names up there, but the the offense clearly overshadows the defense on that list.
2: Yeah, and then third uh, for Ohio State they had uh, Dwayne Haskins, Ezekiel Elliott, uh, Michael Thomas, uh, Terry McLaurin um, on their uh, their uh, offense, and then for defense is ridiculous at defensive line because you have the Bosa brothers on either end, Cameron Hayward. Uh, Jonathan Hankins and Chase Young as your flex, uh, Marshawn Lattimore as your cornerback, Denzel Ward as your cornerback, uh, Malcolm Jenkins, and, and Malik Hooper. So their, their defense is just absolutely stacked for Ohio State. Uh, so I pose a question to you, Don. Which one do you think would win uh, Win in the NFL?
1: Wow. <laughs> And I didn't mean to cut you off going going through Alabama. I, I just wanted to throw uh, throw a point out there. So my apologies for that. Um, no, that's fine. Yeah. Well, Absolutely. well. I mean, you look at these three, and part of the article is to basically talk about uh, if you look at the representation from the colleges with the uh, with the current players. And it is true, LSU, Ohio State, and Alabama, just when it comes to every other school to build a talent, if you were to build an NFL roster with these guys, no other school is close. Period. Not at all. With that being said, the oh, Alabama clearly has a, a powerhouse on offense, no doubt about it. L, uh, the LSU offense is very impressive as well. And I would think that the Ohio State offense, maybe not as much. Uh, wow. Between the three, according to ESPN's polling right now, LSU and Ohio State are split at 36% each in the voting, and Alabama at 28 The overall, if you were to build these overall rosters, I definitely would put Alabama third because even though they're offense, they're stacked on offense. As soon as you hit a stacked defensive line, forget it. They're not going to do anything. There's nothing they can do. Um, So that would put me between LSU and their ridiculous stacked offense or Ohio State and an insane defense i i i think based on the list that they have here and it pains me to do so because i i like to pull for the sec this is sec country down here i think that with the offense ohio state has is not bad but that defense is just brutal absolutely brutal with with the bosas on the corner on the edges Hayward, you know, uh, Marshawn Lattimore, uh, like if the quarterback's not getting sacked, he's probably throwing a pick is the way that I see it with that. So on, on this list, I would have to say Alabama three, LSU two, and Ohio State number one. That, that's where I see this list. Overall, they're three amazing lists, but I think if you were to build an NFL team with this list that ESPN has for Ohio State, I think they would just absolutely kill it. I I, there's I have no doubt in my mind whatsoever. That's where I stand on that.
2: Okay, Um, I agree with you on the fact that Ohio State I think is my one, Um, but I actually think that Alabama would be two, Uh, and I think that. LSU would be three, and the only reason I say that is because of the offense. Uh, I think that the offense for Alabama that they got down here is way more talented than the defense for LSU, and I think that's where the the difference comes into it. Like you got you got some you got some good players on the the defense of LSU, but I think if you they don't have much of a defensive line. So in in, in that sense, you know, they can only mm. stop for so long. Yeah. So that, that would just be where I'm at with it. But I, I definitely think Ohio State has the most – has the biggest stacked team on here. Um, and I said I was going to go with this early – like when we were off air, I said I was going to ask you this question as, as well uh, as kind of an extension to this article. Do you think that there was a team this past college football season that could have beaten an NFL team. And we're gonna pick the the Bengals because they were the worst of the worst and they were fairly bad. Do you think that there is a team that this past college season, so like LSU or or Alabama or Ohio State or Oklahoma team that was in the in the in the playoffs, do you think that they could have beaten the Bengals?
1: Maybe and the reason that I say maybe Any college team, not all the players are pro caliber players. They're not all going to get drafted. They're not all pros. They they want to play their college football and that's it. And out of all of the Division One teams, if you take all those guys on the line in the bigger number, few go to the draft. Right? We can safely say that. It's that choice few. Any NFL team that you have regardless of how good or how bad they played in the season, they are the cream of the crop players. So could a college team beat an NFL team? Well, as we've seen any team, even in college football, when you've got in um, uh, two divisions in college football playing each other, there's that chance for an upset. Do I think that somebody could have beaten the Bengals from the powerhouse college teams? Maybe. Do I think it likely? Probably not. I I still think the Bengals would win, but I would say that, that they're it's not going to be a lay down victory. They're going to have to fight for it. Uh, it it's going to be a rough four quarters of football, is the way I see it. So
2: the reason I asked that was because there was there it used to be. I don't know if you remember this. It used to be a the college champion would play an NFL team and usually was the, the Bowl champion Um,
1: a while back. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah. Yeah. A while back. And, uh, you know, some of the games were, were not, Oh yeah, so we did. Some of the games were not even close. Um, some of them were, were blowouts. And and most of the time, the college, Oh, excuse me. I take that back. It was college all-stars. So they took the best college players and they played, the Super Bowl champion, and sometimes and and a lot of times the NFL teams blew out the uh, college teams, and then sometimes the college teams actually beat the NFL teams. So I always pose the question like, could and it, in every sport they do this. They even do it in yeah. in basketball. Could you take a college team? And, and play them against the NFL and, and see what happened. I think NFL, there's bigger of a difference from exactly what you said. There's way more people on the team that are of a higher level. Um, I think that basketball could be a little bit different. I yes, think that, like, you, I agree. Take, you take, like, a, a national championship basketball team and put it up against, like, the worst NBA team, like, like the Knicks, throwing it out there they had to go there
1: <laughs> but uh, it's true yes it,
2: i i think that it would be a competitive match because baseball is a little bit more uh it's a different type of sport in that sense
1: it's the um, pace
2: yeah yeah it's the pace like nfl like you you have a defensive line of in, in the nfl that's they're probably gonna be bigger stronger than the offensive line of a college team and they're gonna be men playing against boys in that in that sense it, it, but it's pretty interesting that they, that they did have that, that college all-star versus the NFL. Um, and it went from 1934 to 1976. Uh, so it, it's been a while since they actually did it, but they did it for a long period of time. Um, it was a different time, though,
1: too, when they did yeah. it. As far as the <laughs> level of collegiate sports in, in the, the NFL, um, especially in the Super Bowl era there, they were 10 years into the Super Bowl era. It was a different time. You know, yeah, yeah i, I different time so i i definitely i would love to see something like that again. I think it would be fantastic
2: yeah i think they i think if they do it it would it would have to be i don't know it would have i would I, again you have collective bargaining agreements and all that stuff and and if they were if if they were going to get rid of the if they were going to get rid of the pro Bowl I think they could do something like this and it would be fun
1: you know what still come to think of it why not do the pro Bowl but and and here's an idea. You know what? You got me thinking. Why not have? Don't hurt yourself. One, <laughs> thanks. Why not have <laughs> one team for the Pro Bowl, right? Your NFL All Stars, right? All right. Uh huh. Have the other team play in them. Have your collegiate All Stars. So it could, it would be like football's football's current versus football's future. I think that would make it think, interesting.
2: It would make it interesting, and and it's not it's 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 something where like. Again, the Pro Bowl is not anything where anybody tries. I mean, really, all star games at this point are just for show, anyways. True. So it's not like anybody's gonna try. But, but in, in that sense, that you know, the, it might give the NFL players something more to play for. Like, hey, we don't want to lose to a college college kids, and college kids are gonna be like, hey, we want to we want to show that we belong. So well, exactly, I might, think
1: you would actually get a competitive game because you might have like a five year veterans. like, I'm not gonna get shown up by this kid.
2: Yeah, and you're gonna you're gonna. You're, you're going to bring in more viewership because you're going to, there are a lot of people out there that don't like the NFL and that will only watch college. And you have a lot of people that won't watch college and only watch the NFL. So like you can have that, you know, uh, that viewership of people that are going to be rooting for the college team or people are going to be rooting for the NFL team and it and, and it, and it'll bring in more viewership. And you know, the NFL is all about viewership. So I mean, that, I mean that's, you-
1: that's not a bad idea. And then what you do is like – we, because we always talk about revenue and these things and the money that's made. You take a 50-50 split. NFL takes half and give the other half to the NCAA to disperse to the colleges or whatever because it would be a lot of money. Oh, it would be a lot of money.
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, the TV rights for that would be off, off
1: the chart. Massive. Yeah. And split the money. Be like, look, we'll take half, you take half. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. That's something – you know yeah. what? We might have to go down that road in a future discussion. Let's hit up some NBA. Yeah.
2: Yeah, so they uh they passed the return to play vote that was announced uh that we had covered last week with the 22 team format that's going to happen in Orlando. It's going to start July 31st with the with training camp beginning in the beginning of July. It passed by a 29 to 1 vote, which I thought was very interesting. The only team that did not vote for it was Portland uh and in the in the articles that I read, they basically said that they didn't vote for it because they felt like there were other ones on the table that were better, and I think they voted and, and it goes on and I think in their thought process was they wanted a a twenty twenty team limit versus a twenty two because it gave them a better chance of getting into it.
1: yeah, it's all so, about the odds now <laughs>
2: yeah, so let me let me ask you this: who do you think and I have down here playoff predictions, who do you think would make the playoffs? Based off of the, and we're not going to go through the whole list, but as like the a seed, because there are a few teams there that could make it and who who couldn't make it. So what 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 eighth seed do you think would make it over? Like, do you think one of the a seeds won't make it? I guess basically what I'm saying.
1: So like, who do I think from the list might actually squeak in and correct make that okay. Or even more, who would you who would you want to see squeak in
2: if you didn't want to see the the Grizzlies in there?
1: The Knicks, but I'm not getting my wish there.
2: <laughs> no, they they got that home <laughs> yeah. long ago.
1: Yeah, yeah, that was it, it. Was over before it started, my friend. Um, so let's see. So a team I would like to see. Um, you know, I you know me. Um, when we discuss sports, I'm kind of a sports historian, and I like records. So, obviously, we would like to see the Spurs continue the streak. That would be awesome, right? I mean, to, to to make the playoffs that many consecutive seasons is astounding. They've done it, what, for 22 consecutive seasons, and if they do it this year, that's 23. That That's, that's insane, okay? That means the Spurs have, for almost half of my life, the second half of my life, have been in the playoffs every year. <laughs> OK, that's nuts. Right. I mean, if you look mm-hmm. through history and whatnot of other teams and nobody's done that. So um, that and 23 would be the new record. I believe they're tied at 22 consecutive seasons. And if I had to guess the other teams uh, probably to do that's probably like the Celtics or, or, or the Lakers or something like that, if I had to guess, honestly. So from a historical standpoint, yes, I'd love to see the Spurs do it. And the Spurs are always, they always have great teams, always. So that would be nice. It would be cool to see the Pelicans because Zion Williamson, what more do you have to say? Right? Mm -hmm. He, amazing, amazing rookie season. It's amazing. It it would be like that with, excuse me. But COVID and and everything that happened in the season got put on hold, and now they're bringing it back, and it's been cr- kind of a crazy year. But but Zion has been amazing this season. So uh, from a from a viewership standpoint, uh, to get more viewers watching the playoffs, having Zion there would be awesome. The Trailblazers, I'm I'm mixed, honestly.
2: I'm 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 not I'm not a fan of the trailblazers by any stretch yeah. of the means. Um, so I, I, I could go without them getting into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I know a lot of people want to see in the play in tournament. They want to see the Pelicans versus the Grizzlies mm-hmm. mostly to see John Morant versus Zion Williamson and how that much be awesome,
1: huh? <laughs>
2: how, how awesome that would be. So that's sure. really what, what a lot of people think. I think, I think the East is less exciting. I think, you know, the Wizards don't have a shot to get in and they're just there for for show. And, and
1: so you think, or well, you think Orlando's got that locked up. Yeah. So, yeah, I, mean, I, mean, like, I mean, like I was saying, you think Orla- Orlando's got it locked up. Washington doesn't have a prayer.
2: They're playing the Bucks. Yeah. Uh
1: uh-huh. No, so, yeah. Washington doesn't have a prayer. Like.
2: I mean, I don't think, I don't even think there will be a, pl- honestly, I don't even think there will be a play in tournament for the, for the East. I think, I, I really think that the, the only reason that the Wizards are there is, is to say that, hey, we have, we have a nine seed from the East and it's not all just catered to the West. Yeah. It's just the, the West is, so this was done fairness. <laughs> the East. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Like the East is, you have your, your top, Four or five teams, and then it's everybody else. Like that's really how it is in the It's like the top, like eight or nine teams are like, like right there. So it's more even across it. But yeah, I would love to see the Pelicans versus the um, Grizzlies in the playing tournament. And and I got to go with Zion. I got to go with my boy Zion and, and hope that the the Pelicans get in and then have them, you know, beat totally Uh,
1: totally. unbiased opinion that
2: would would give me so much joy that you have no idea
1: no i got a pretty good idea
2: (laughs) i'm 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 a what are you talking about i'm a i'm a huge lebron james and lakers fan i'm a huge fan of them so um but yeah i mean that 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 covers one of the other things that came out like what adam silver said was uh that that he didn't want older coaches to be on the sideline when they came back. And he, and he since has retracted it, but he came out with this saying that everything that we know about COVID is that it attacks the older population. So he basically was like, We're contemplating that anybody over the age of 60 won't be on the bench or be able to come back and might have to be isolated during games. So your coaches that are over age of 60, just put it in perspective, is Greg Popovich, yep. Mike uh, D'Antonio uh Terry Stotts and Rick Carlisle the coaches that are right under it are Brett Brown which I'm okay if if he wants to get rid of Brett Brown that's fine that's that's okay with me uh Doc Rivers and Steve Clifford are 58 and 59 um so those are some pretty well-known powerful coaches that you're going to turn around and say yeah you guys can't be over on the sidelines because of covid and a lot of the coaches came out and said that this is the most ridiculous thing that has ever said. And he turned around and rescinded what he said. But Master. I, 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 <laughs> I raised an eyebrow when I when I saw that that he had said that because how can I say this? Being in I the have medical thirty year old
1: coach in the NBA. There, how's that?
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, no. Being in the medical profession, like, and this is going to be a little bit of soapboxy, and I, and I really don't care. When you listen to about medical advice, listen to your doctor, not somebody who's a businessman who has nothing or or no information or, or should have no professional opinion about that. So the fact that he was like, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to set a specific number as far as like 60 years old. You talk to a lot of medical professionals and they're going to say you're just dumb um so yeah that kind like blew like, up
1: in his face <laughs>
2: yeah I mean he, he's, yeah. A, he's an idiot for saying that like yeah. you can't you can't you can't like sit there and say like like could you imagine if they're like they went to Greg Popovich and be like nah you can't be here because you're too old like give me a break <laughs> good luck <laughs> well, yeah like he came out and he was like like, and you know, Greg Povich, he doesn't, he doesn't like mix words or he doesn't sugarcoat it. He's like, you, you, he basically was like, you can try to take me off the sidelines. It's not going to work. Yeah, <laughs> like, much. That was like the, that was the gist of what he was saying. Like, he like, kind of was like, that's the dumbest thing that I've ever heard in my life. Like, you're going to put all these precautions around there. And then like, the
1: coach like, should take a hike. coach. <laughs>
2: Can't be there. Yeah.
1: Like, come
2: on. I mean, if you're that, if you're that concerned about it at that point, then you probably shouldn't even bring back the sport. Like pretty um, much, but I want to They come out with a lot of stuff for that. So,
1: yeah. But I mean, I want to say I, I, in his defense, I I don't know how you can defend it, but I I admire him for trying to be proactive and, and having that in the back of his head. Okay, so you know what? I I get it. I and I appreciate the concern. Probably could have been handled better. No, excuse me. Should have been handled better there. How's that?
2: (laughs) It should have absolutely been handled better. And. I don't know. You, I, I just don't. I I, I I, look at his comments and I just don't see how you can go to a coach and basically tell him that you're too old to be on the sidelines like like yeah. that. And I, I would love to be a fly on the wall of that conversation. because. Well, I would how would you like to, to be, be in
1: the office, the head coach's office when he got the word?
2: <laughs> oh, no. Well, yeah. Like they would do it virtually. So it would be over yeah. the computer. So it's not like he can literally just be like, oh, bad connection and just like disconnect. So
1: um, <laughs> I'm just, sorry, Adam, What what did you say? I'm losing it. Damn. <laughs> Yeah, go ahead and try to take me off the sideline.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah, exactly. Um, wow. So, and and with the new proposal, they came out. The new uh, start date for the next season is going to be December, uh, or they're or they're they're thinking of proposing the next the start date for the next season as December. I shouldn't say that it's already been passed because they they haven't passed that yet. Um, so they if Christmas time, uh, beginning of December is what they said um which is quite interesting a lot of the nba players were were very surprised when they come out with that proposed date and the reason i say that is because if everything goes to a game 7 or the nba finals goes to a game 7 it will end in october like the end of october so you're giving them literally a month to get in free agency the draft preseason practicing and everything else in a normal NBA offseason, which is, what, five months in one month. Stay tuned. <laughs> so, so they were basically like, well, one week we're going to have the draft, and then the next week we're going to have free agencies going to open, and then we're going to start practicing, and then you're going to start playing. And it was like some of the teams that were not uh, in the – that are not in this play-in tournament or in the in the new season – are like well we're off for nine months. What are we gonna do? so they're they've been scheduling like pickup games I guess you could call them during the off season with like a lot of the teammates and other teams that aren't in there and they're just gonna play like baseball to keep their shape up and keep training and and nothing really formal. Um and, and then I I I come up with the question well like if these other teams are now trying to like play in the off season like why did you not include them in the in the season like i get it like logistics and all that kind of stuff but it's just it, it's weird that now everyone's like well if we're off for nine months like w- we gotta play and it's like well you guys decided that you didn't want to play now you want to play like make up your mind um so but uh, it, it's interesting i don't think they're gonna do it in the beginning of December, if anything i think it's gonna be after the new year it's gonna be january um which they're not gonna like or, or at the very least at the very earliest it's gonna be a christmas day opening day that they'll have, which which they can sell
1: and and make
2: a a, a lot of money because the the day for the oh, NBA uh... is
1: one of the biggest days.
2: Yeah, you know gonna, what I know it. Money thing. That's gonna be a big money maker for them. Um. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and they went on to detail a lot of it. There's gonna be three or four games a day, um, and they're gonna use. I think I I've never been to the uh Disney complex, so I don't really realize how many basketball courts they had but they're supposedly there's like three or four so they're going to use like two basketball courts at a time mm. and then there's going to be they said like an hour and a half to three hours in between each game to cleanse the court cleanse the stadium and and do all the precautions for the next game that's going to come in so they're going to do like three or four games a day so it's you're going to have a lot of basketball when you come back and yeah. you it's at the Disney complex, so you know ESPN's going to get a lot of that. Uh, I don't. Of course I don't they care. are. I don't. Well, see, here's the other side of the coin. ESPN is, and you know, ABC. It, yeah, but does, does ESPN own TNT? I don't think so. No. So, but, nope. But TNT has already has rights to a lot of the games. Like, they mm-hmm. got to renegotiate all that stuff, or they just going to be like, all right, TNT, here's the games that you're getting, and then ESPN's going to get a lot because. Disney owns ESPN and ABC, so they're playing on Disney. So I'm sure they already negotiated all this, and it's
1: just—I yeah. I don't doubt it. But you know what, you're probably going to get is kind of like what we were talking about before, kind of like the way college basketball when they start March Madness. You know, you're probably going to get like an ESPN game, an ABC game, uh, a TNT doubleheader, or something like that, and yeah, rotate it, it through. You know, because there's no yeah. because otherwise, otherwise. Like, if you're going to be like, well, TNT's going to carry the games and we're going to carry them live. TNT is showing a whole day of basketball every day for the remainder of the season. That ain't going to fly. <laughs> you can't true. do That's it. True. So I, I that, could see yeah. them doing some sort of rotation like that or like um, TNT and ESPN having uh, like the weekday games. And then like on the weekend, ABC picks up the weekend games or something like that. I, I could see that format working out.
2: Yeah, I never really thought of it when they come back, like, how TV networks, because they're only, they're letting very limited exposure to the players and to the games. So there's only going to be a little bit of media coverage. Like, there's only going to be certain people that are going to be able to come and, and record the game. So, like, your local stations, like, back home in Philadelphia, we have uh, Comcast Sportsnet. So is, like, Comcast Sportsnet going to be able to go to Disney and film these games or the are they only going to be broadcasted on like ESPN and TNT? And you're going to have to have those networks. You're going to have to pay for those networks to get and watch
1: those shows. I wouldn't doubt based on the situation. I would not doubt in some way, shape or form if they found a way for the networks to deal with the regional sports networks. Because you have a unique situation here. Like your regional sports networks are usually your, your home channel for your team unless they're on a national broadcast. But this is a little bit different because yep. you you're cramming them all into one area. So each each arena is probably gonna have like set cameras for whatever network feeds or whatever. So I well I, once it starts happening, but I to some extent because regional sports networks, that's where a lot of their income and advertising is generated. So you can't just cut them out and go, well no, just the networks are carrying it. You can't you cannot do that. Yeah, and
2: it's not as simple as that they get to you all you need is a cameraman you need a cameraman you need the production company you need the uh broadcasters that are going to be there that are going to broadcast the game and usually they're all in their own little box and everything like that but that's a lot of people that's moving in and out and and i know nba is trying to keep this as secluded as possible and they're Anybody who's going to have contact with these players is going to be tested. Anybody who goes in and out for food, they're going to take the hotels that they're going to have and they're going to be completely shut off. Like players are going to be able to go out, but they have to go when they go out or they come back in. They have to be tested like there's a lot and they they, they got to be like thoroughly tested. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's a lot of logistics that going with that. I was reading it. it's pretty extensive what they're doing. And I think that's why they pushed it off to Ju- at the end of July. Uh, the other, the other thing that's going to be interesting, for, I know for you and me, is that this is like an extended playoff. So like, there's going to be like three or four games a day. That's that's a lot of, that's a lot of DraftKings, that's a lot of betting, that's a lot of like really interesting games to watch and be tuned into. So that'll that that'll be absolutely fun because you're going to have you're going to have a lot of teams playing other teams. It's, it's gonna it's gonna feel like a playoff atmosphere at that point. Sure.
1: Well, what I'm happy about, it, it, for me, be, being a fan also of hockey, is I'm going to attempt to watch these hockey games, along with these basketball games.
2: Yeah, I, 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 I don't know. know how that's going to work. It's <laughs> that's gonna be, a lot. Like, because they're they're both starting around the same time. Yeah. So. Uh, oh yeah. I know. Well, I, hockey's I, going I, I, right
1: to their playoffs. So yeah, hockey's going, going right to the
2: playoffs. So it's yeah. going to be a little bit different. They they both are starting around the same time, but they have different ways of coming back I think that if I remember co- correctly hockey I think is starting on the 22nd I could be wrong on that and then they're starting the 31st uh but I, I could, I'm
1: psyched man just get used yeah. some sports.
2: <laughs> yeah it, it's it's been way too long I, the fact that I gotta wait another month and a half where it kind of makes me
1: angry your but. pain and suffering is almost over
2: <laughs> so i want to make sure we get to this so we're going to move on i think we we hit on everything with the MBA uh yep. and, and What's all next? that kind of stuff. we didn't we didn't have anything nhl I'll just say that so so nothing really new happened this week everything is kind of been quiet on the nhl's front um but we're going to move on to the to the baseball I'm going to start it off, and then I'll pass it off to you, and then you can do your, your rant. Um your this, in. <laughs> basically, the owners rejected the 114 game plan that the players had, which we all expected them to do, because uh, it was totally not what the MLB wanted to. But the major issue that came out of that is they didn't do a counter offer. They basically said, we don't want this. We already gave you a plan. That is what we want. Take it or leave it. Now, I'm going to pose the question to you. They're pretty much at this point playing chicken with each other because they only have two offers out there and they say you accept this one or you like you one of the you have to either accept this offer or this offer. And that's it. And neither is budging. And it's getting it's getting to the point where we're in like the like red as far as we need to start this soon. Uh, the other thing I will mention is the MLB owners have put out feelers as to we might just do a fit, like keep the original prorated, but only do like a 52 game season, which the players don't want. They want more games, A, because they get paid more, but they also want to play baseball more, is what they say. I'm pretty sure it's just because they get paid more. Um, but a 52 game season would not have the owners lose as much money as they would. Uh, And still, like, the the 114 game uh, plan would go into November, and the owners are afraid that this might lead into another wave of coronavirus, and therefore the postseason would get shut down, and they wouldn't get a postseason, and they wouldn't get all the revenue. Basically, that's essentially what it boils down to is money. So I'm going to let you talk about it, Don, because I know you've been chomping at the bit since we started this to kind of go off on it. Um, so the floor is yours, my friend.
1: Jumping at the bit, fuming, upset, angry. And by the way, for all the listeners out there, Chip has been poking the bear all week to make sure I get all the little news tidbits regarding Major League Baseball. Haven't you, Chip? Go ahead. Fess so up.
2: Oh, I, I mean, I've just been giving you all the news and, and, so and I'm keeping, keeping me
1: informed, do. right? <laughs> so yes so here's what we got um looking over the article major league baseball has issues with money um basically between the two sides because the owners don't necessarily open up the books so you can't really tell what the owners are standing to lose or how much money the owners have that whole fiasco problem number one problem number two the players want their money yes i won't even go into the tangent i went on last week so if you want to know what i said last week go ahead and pull up last week's show i'm going to try and keep my mind focused here first thing that upsets me is baseball give or take is a 10 billion dollar a year industry business sport 10 billion dollars a year roughly that's what baseball brings in Depending on how you look at the numbers between the one side and the other, basically what this boils down to to get one side or the other side, blink, is $326 million. In the grand scheme of things, let's put that in perspective. In a sport that brings in $10 billion bucks a year, they are griping over 3.2%. Why? Come to an agreement. The players don't want to give up their money. The owners don't want to give up their money. So there has to be some some middle, middle road on this. Seriously. Part of this stems from the fact that during the last CBA, the players feel like they got absolutely fleeced and the owners walked away with the golden goose. You can go back and read the old CBA regardless of how you feel about it. The reason this becomes a bigger problem is, is the players to some extent feel whatever they give here is going to tra- translate over into the next CBA, which is, I believe, expiring in the 2021 season. So this is happening before they're already supposed to be getting ready to go to the negotiation table for a long-term contract. It's over money when you have Americans that are unemployed. We We want baseball. This country needs that distraction. Basketball and hockey had no problem trying to figure out the show must go on. We'll figure out the piece of the pie for everybody and we'll be fine. Although I must say comparing baseball to the other team situations is a little rough because hockey and basketball, the majority of their season was already over. Revenues have already come in. People have already been in the stands. Uh, broadcast royalties, the whole nine. A lot of that money has already come in. Baseball. Right now is looking at nothing because nothing has started. So, please, owners, players, it's all about one side doesn't want the other side to blink. Come to an equitable agreement. If the owners have to give up a little bit more money, that's fine. But the players also shouldn't be greedy. You need to look at the... the state of the country, the atmosphere, everything that's going on right now. The fact that baseball, once again, for whatever reason, is beyond me. Again, every time we have a CBA, money, 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 money. Major League Baseball player salaries haven't increased like other sports have. Well, I'm sorry you're still a professional athlete getting paid millions of dollars. Even the guys making the league minimum make probably $600,000 a year plus, almost $700,000. Again, the, this overall problem basically comes down to their bickering over 3.2% of the funds. Now, I have a radical idea if you want to fix this problem. The MLBPA represents any player that is on a major league roster. Only, they do not represent the minor league players. And we heard about how these minor league teams are shutting down because they will not have a season. How these minor league players don't make a lot of money, uh, like their their major league counterparts. Triple A ball players, I think, make in the ballpark of eighty thousand. Triple A is your last stop before you get to the major leagues, before you start signing these big contracts. Anybody below that, double A, single A. These guys work for peanuts, but they play baseball because that is their passion. So, Chip, I'm going to throw this out to you. Why don't you do this? I believe a Major League Baseball roster has 40 players on the roster. And we decide which ones start and which ones don't. Now, normally I wouldn't say stick it to the players. But people want baseball. And in your minor league system, you've got some college players that just came in through the draft and whatnot. And they are just waiting for their chance to get called up. So why don't we do this? All these guys that make $1,000 a week or $1,000 a month or whatever, the peanuts we truly pay these minor league players. Why doesn't each team or each owner pick 40 of the best players in their minor league system and there's tons of them? And pay each player fifty grand, or excuse me, League we'll say a league man five hundred thousand for each player. Forty players. You have every team with a twenty million dollars play uh, payroll. The playing field is level. These guys, this might be their only shot. Give them a big paycheck. Give them a shot at their dream. Who knows they might do well enough where come next season. these guys they might have said, "Hey, you know what? We should have called them up sooner and stick it to the players that way. The players aren't going to get paid. Their contract is based on the fact that they're able to suit up and take the field. So let's give the owners another option. Go, you know what? Why don't you call these guys up? Pay them a, a, a minimum. Everybody on the roster gets paid $500,000 for a season. And see what the product looks like on the field. Fans so, might boycott. Fans might boycott it because they're like, that's not our big stars. But you know what? You want baseball? And neither side wants to budge. If the owners are complaining about money, here's an option for you.
2: So you're talking about having them get replacement players for the, for the MLB teams while the – essentially what they would do for a lockout. Like we, they've locked them out, so now we're going to get replacement players to play instead of the normal rosters.
1: Yeah, because these minor league players are not in the union, so it's not like they're crossing the line. Right. And for a lot of them, like I said, they don't make a lot of money playing double A or in some cases even triple A ball. So, hey, tell you what, I can't make you any guarantees for next season, but we're going to give you a shot. We know times are hard or whatnot. We're going to give you one season, a shot at the pros, and we're going to pay you 500 grand for your time.
2: So that is. That is. I'm not going to say that that hasn't been thought of. Because the from what I understand, the owners have that's kind of their last ditch. Like if we can't get anything out there, we're going to put in these, quote unquote, minor league players, replacement players to play instead of the the players so there's, like the players that are normally on the team. Because they're basically because the owners are saying, like, well, we don't really need you guys to have baseball like we can get these other players to play and therefore you should accept our agreement. Like they're almost going to use it as a bargaining chip. Now, you're right, a lot of people are going to be like, well, this isn't really baseball because it doesn't have our true teams that we root for. Um I think I still think people will watch will watch it, but this is a this whole entire situation is very pivotal for the for Major League Baseball success in the years to come because if they don't have a season or if they do do replacement players, a the the players association and all the players on in union are going to be very angry. at that point.
1: Yeah. I and, mean, you're burning the bridge with them to make a point.
2: Yeah. You basically burn up, burn that bridge. And when they go to do the next CBA, it's going to be even harder to come to the table. The other side of the coin is there is so much bad blood between the two of them that they're at so much different ends of this, that I don't, I just can't see them coming together. So I don't know how they're going to rectify this situation unless one gives over the other and the owners aren't going to want to give and the players aren't wanna, going to want to give. So it's, it, it's a bad situation. It's a bad outlook for baseball right now. I mean, regardless, they're still, they're still under contract to come back next season. So if they don't have a season this season where they don't come to an agreement to come back, a, the players don't get paid and they have to come back next year and play. And it basically like this season gets washed out because they still are under the original CBA to come back next year.
1: Um, Part of the issue issue that the players have too is because of the tenure you have in baseball and eligibility for certain things. So if you have a player that has to play X amount of seasons for a free agency or to be a restricted free, you know, all all the, all the legal ramifications and whatnot by not playing, you've lost the season of service. And they know yeah. that. They know that. So, this is what well, we need I, to play because we need to get this. We're not telling you you can't play. We're just telling you make a cut. But in the like I said, what what bothers me is in the grand scheme, it's not like they're miles apart in money. When you look at it as a percentage, we're talking about a three percent gap.
2: I mean, That's it's, it's
1: stupid. It's,
2: at this point, it's on the principle of the fact of. If the owners give, then it feels like the owners are, are, are losing. If the players give, the players feel like they are losing, and nobody wants to lose. So that's where they're at, at this point, is, is nobody wants to lose or budge, and they can't come together to figure it out.
1: Well, remember what I told you last week. Re- remember the fallout. Neither side wants to budge. But ultimately... I always said the owners always catch some, some flack for it, but ultimately if they do not take the field, the players are going to be the one that get, get the brunt of this.
2: Oh, absolutely.
1: They need to wake up is, to that.
2: Yeah. Especially the way the world is right now. Like if, if it, if it comes out and they're like, we're not signing this. And it comes out because they're not signing it because they're not getting paid the, what they want to get paid that average American worker that average American person that's watching their product is going to be like, like you bastard, like I'm not getting paid. I'm unemployed right now. And you're going to sit there and say that you, you're not going to, you're not going to play for 5 million because you want to get paid 10 million. How about getting a $300 paycheck a week and see if you can survive on that? Like, exactly. I'm telling you there. And the,
1: the players at some point, like I said, Tell the owners, you know what, it's for this season. It's for this season, but, you know, obviously we need to renegotiate the CBA next year, and that's when the discussion's going to start. I would say take the compromise and be like, we're going to let it go for now, but so you know when we come to negotiate the next CBA, here's what we got in mind, and it's coming. I I would not shame the players for that. Be like, right now we want to play. We need to do what needs to be done, and then we'll focus on the bigger matter at hand. But right now they're trying to score the upper hand here to use it when they go to negotiate the next CBA. And I just think that is just rude on so many levels with what's going on right now. The, the players will get the fallout for this bottom line.
2: Oh, absolutely. They're going to, they're going to be the ones that are going to look bad in a lot of people's eyes. So it's unfortunate situation um hopefully they can come to some type of you know middle ground or or something along those lines but i i i don't know i just i i thought that the the plan that the owners put forth was actually fair i just think that the reason the only the only reason why the players don't want to accept that is because they feel like they're catering to the owners or that they're they're t- they're losing in the fact that they're not getting paid what they had agreed to back in march which was that yeah. prorated salary and that that's really what it comes down to is that
1: yeah and i get that um baseball in like- its infinite wisdom was kind of short-sighted on how long they thought think this might last so that was their fault yeah but at the same time the players need to be a little more understanding about this
2: i mean they still are expecting. I mean, the uh, the commissioners still coming out and saying we're playing by july 4th weekend july 11th at the latest and they're like well how, how we need at least three or four weeks to get prepared for it of spring training so they, they, they they're uh, everything is expecting that it's going to come to a head this week this upcoming week is going to be is going to be the make or break week for it uh, whether they wh- what what side budges or what or they come to a middle ground i mean he- hell Come to a 114 game season, but tell them that they're gonna, but take the like, take a per, like the percentages that the owners put out for salary because that that I mean that's what it comes down to is the owners don't want to lose the money that they're gonna lose with paying them the prorated salary or or do a prorated salary but do 80 games instead of 114 like like they gotta come like one's gotta give and the other one's gotta give. For them to come together, and I just I don't see it happening. So I, I hate to be the of bad news, but I don't think we're going to get baseball this off this year. I, think I, I, I
1: don't think we are. I don't think we are. I, I'm just telling you, if we don't, I've got hockey and basketball and so let me ask you this to keep my attention. But in the because back we, of my mind, I'm going to be mad. So
2: we we talked about this for about two weeks now. Two weeks ago what was your confidence level that we were going to have baseball?
1: would I, based on the way I saw the sides going back and forth, I already didn't feel that confident. And as the weeks have gone on, it didn't make me feel any better.
2: So you've been on the, you've, you've gone, say from like 70% to 30%. It, it went from,
1: it went from, yeah, it went from, I, I hope there's a season. I think there might be a season to, I don't even know why I'm talking about it anymore. It just ticks me off every time we bring it up. That's where I'm at right now. You know?
2: Gotcha. It, it, well,
1: it, yeah.
2: On, on better news, uh, ESPN's coming out with uh, a trailer. It's called Long Gone Summer. So it's about the 1998 home run race between Sammy Sosa, Mark McGuire, awesome. and what, hap- what happened during that entire run in that season of them hitting all their home runs and the home run error. I mean, you could also – Lump it in as 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 a steroid error, kind of, because it was they both were juiced, so. Keep um, going! Don't ruin it. <laughs> it the trailer <laughs> looked pretty good. It's supposed to be a documentary of of the season. You know, ESPN's all into their documentaries at this point, but uh, it looked it looked it looked pretty good. Um, it details from start to finish the the hoopla that was with it. I, I remember that 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 season and like every night you you tuned in to watch these teams play because you're like, oh, are they gonna hit a home another home run? And it was like one would hit a home run and then the other would hit two and then and then the other and the next night the other person would hit two and the other person would hit one like would hit zero and it it just went back and forth for so long and then and then uh you know Mark McGuire took away with it and and that was that but it was it was a it made it was the last time I can remember baseball be like outside of the teams that I watch baseball being super interesting to watch as far as like watching a diff like watching like bad teams play like you don't really watch uh like at least I don't watch the Oakland Athletics playing the Baltimore Orioles but you would watch them if like Mark McGuire was on the team or Sammy Sosa was on the team. Like you watch those a like run,
1: a home run race or or like when Cal Ripken was looking to break the streak for most yeah, like consecutive those, games you you you'd want to see history.
2: There's those storylines. Like most of the time mm-hmm. you're watching your team in baseball. You're watching like I watch the Phillies play whoever they're playing. You don't sit there and like watch two teams that you have no interest in if they're not not in your league or, or, or have any direct effect on your team. That's like, that's, that's one of the, I think that the problems with baseball is they don't have that, that viewership in that sense. It's all local viewership for their teams. Uh, People just don't, I mean, I shouldn't say that some people do sit down and watch it, but the majority of people don't sit down and watch teams that are not within their region or, or directly affect
1: their team. Problem with baseball. And I was reading an article on this is like the problem with hockey. Hockey is very regional that is part of the issue. It, it's not like nationwide, unless you get like two powerhouse teams playing each other. It's very regional. So, and that is part of the problem for baseball in its draw.
2: Yep, but it, I mean, it, it looks like it's going to be an exciting documentary. I'll, I'll, I'll be looking looking for that to come out soon. Uh, I don't think they released released a date on when it will be coming out, but they did put out the trailer this past week. So. uh cool. It will be good to see that. I'll, I'll watch once I that. once I see it, Yeah, once I watch it, I'll I'll, I'll report back on it and it'll be good. Um so we're going to move on to random topics. The first topic we have down here is the Oklahoma state uh basketball program got hit with a ban um for recruiting. So they is uh, they're 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 the first team of of a long list of teams that that had gotten caught for illegal recruiting um so they're the first team to get charged and they got charged with a postseason ban so then the upcoming season they will it's a one-year postseason ban they will not be able to participate in the postseason um I, it's kind of monumental in the fact that like for a lot of those that don't know there was a big uh fbi investigation or you could say sting operation where they they caught a bunch of teams uh Arizona basketball was another big program that were illegally recruiting people by by paying them or or offering like the boosters will offer them excess gifts to come to to play for their teams um and the Oklahoma state was lumped in there and they're the first to come down with the sanctions and, and seriousness of this. And it, it it's kind of interesting. So I, I pose this question to you, Don, do you think that NCAA should change their rules and pay college players to play for that school? Or do you think they should keep it the way it is and just come up with stricter sanctions and, um, guidelines and rules to get to
1: go against that here's what i will tell you you know what i think let's do this because there is a lot of news um especially earlier in the year on that topic uh instead of me voicing my opinion on here because i want to elaborate why don't we mark that down as a topic for discussion next week because there's a lot that we can discuss on that and i think this would be a good time to discuss it Okay. what do you say? We'll 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 bring that for the fans because there's two sides to the story and pros and cons. And I mean, we could take a good 20, 30 minutes uh, to elaborate on it, maybe take a break from our normal news reporting and whatnot. But I think this is an important topic uh, that I would like to discuss.
2: No, I I agree. I agree. There's there's a lot of different issues and I, I can give you. Uh, more of an insight because I was on a college basketball team. um so I know kind of the way it works and how they get around some of the things that uh, that are not necessarily reported. Um, so yeah, we definitely we that could definitely be something we we discuss. so yeah, we'll put that down We'll note that for next week, but yeah, they got uh, they got they definitely got a ban so they got a one year postseason ban. there there's they got strict rules for three seasons on on way they can recruit and how they recruit and how many scholarships they can offer. Uh, there was a lot of things that came down there, but the big thing was that the one-year postseason ban um, for their, for their violations. Um, yeah. So that, 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 that definitely is a, is a huge topic and it's something that's always been discussed about. Um, but moving on. So here's an interesting sport. The PGA uh, Memorial tournament that's going to happen is is going to um, allow fans to come back into watch the tournament. Um, so the tournament is supposed to take place on July 16th and 19th, uh, and they are going to allow up to 8,000 fans to be permitted, which I guess is pretty much unprecedented because up until now, fans have not been allowed to be at a sport. So the fact that they're so soon going to allow fans back is kind of interesting. Um, now they say it's it's twenty percent of what the maximum capacity would be, so it's all it's it's a mm-hmm. very small percentage of what they normally do, but still eight thousand people is a lot of people.
1: Yeah, um, but spread out. uh I think yeah, part of what they're taking to account is it's outdoors. Um, you can spread the people out and whatnot is the thinking anyways, whether or not people will practice social distancing, et cetera, et cetera, to, that's to be determined, but I can understand why I'll leave it at that.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's going to happen in in Ohio. Um, I'm sure that they're going to have very strict like restrictions. Like you have to wear a mask, you have to be tested before you come in. Anybody with a fever is not going to be allowed in like, like, they're going to have those kind of restrictions on, on, on fans. And, but this is the first time fans that are going to be allowed back in in a major event. Um, So that's actually, I I mean, it's actually pretty cool. I mean, you're, you're kind of somehow getting back to normalcy Um, and, and we'll see how it goes and see uh, what happens. Um, You don't get much of that. any like we don't, we don't have any of that obviously now, but, it, it might set a precedent for say the nfl for allowing fans back into the stadiums if everything goes well now i mean if everything goes horribly wrong and you get like coronavirus in like half the people that go or, or something crazy like that then it's going to be like well it's going to it's going to push push everything back as far as letting fans come back but the, the whole idea is to get fans back into the stands and if if you can successfully do this without any restrictions who's to say that the nfl might not turn around and be like all right we're gonna let half the stadium be in there and everyone has to sit two seats away from each other and we're something along or... those lines mm-hmm. y- yeah yeah like who's to say that they don't turn around and do that so it, it'll be interesting to see how it goes again that's that's in a, like a month from now right so we'll we'll see how, how, see how that goes. works out
1: Right? So I uh, I see here that uh Kevin Durant is spending some money in your hometown.
2: Yeah, I saw this and I I was intrigued by it. He's buying a port, he's buying 5% of the Philadelphia Union. Uh which the Philadelphia Union is an MLS team and I mean, MLS is not necessarily the major sport in America, but uh Philadelphia Union is a is a beloved uh team up in in Philadelphia. So the fact that he's spending his money I mean he also plays for the Brooklyn Nets which I thought was crazy that he went try to purchase like a New Jersey based or a New York based team. He went to the Philadelphia Union, but it's it's interesting uh to see that he's I don't know, he he spending his money that way. I guess I guess you can, but um uh, I mean like James Harden bought 3.5% of the Houston uh, Dynamo and LeBron James has, has put uh 2% of Liverpool. So it's not like unheard of for an NBA player to do this, but it's not, there's not a big precedent for it. So it's interesting. I mean, it's not like the Philadelphia union or are, are on top of the standings or anything like that. So it's not like he's buying a, it was at a like a premium dollar or anything like that. They don't they don't give figures in the in the article, but still,
1: yeah. you know, it's he's he's uh, it's really investing in sports and whatnot, and it seems to be more and more the thing these days of uh, your your big name sports athletes and whatnot are spending some money on purchasing minority stakes in other clubs outside of their sport. I mean, hey, cool. Uh, just alone just even if you say hey he's a partial owner that could bring some fans that normally would not watch it just because of that particular athlete's personality they might be like well he's back in this I'll, I'll go check it out so I, I can't hurt it all for sure
2: yeah i mean what what let's be honest he's he's a, he's a very very small minority owner it's not like he's going to be making decisions for the team it's not like he's going to be like the owners that you hear about and like when we talk about the the mlb owners like that's not him he's not like a like a majority owner or anything right. like that so he basically he's gonna have very little say yeah. he but he's still buying a piece of the pie which 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 you're right i think that's the major hit home point is that it might bring fans to the sport that don't normally watch the sport and like i said um with the premier league coming back in the beginning of june i think a lot of pe- more people are going to start gravitating towards soccer at least watching it and and experiencing that it that haven't experienced it before uh because it is going to be the only sport on there so to to get i'm all for getting more fan viewership of of major league soccer um because i love again i love soccer soccer's my favorite sport so to to um, get more of a following for it would be awesome
1: so and speaking of major league soccer uh I see that there's a, a plan with return to play, but some of the players have got some rather bad feelings about the deal.
2: Yeah, they're not not too happy with how like this like the salaries went and how it got shut down and I mean there's been a lot of bad bad blood because the, the owners of the MLS pretty much shut down the league and said we were we we're really not paying you guys anything. Um and not that they were getting paid a hell of a lot beforehand but they basically like just stopped paying them after the they got shut down um so they came back to this agreement uh where the major league soccer is going to come back uh and they're going to play like they're going to basically do a summer tournament in florida and that's going to be like how they dictate the season uh so they're all gonna they're gonna take all the teams and bring them and they're just gonna play them in Florida, which is actually I thought was pretty cool because that's our like our backyard. Um, and then move on with the, the the season from there. Um, but the the league is gonna lose a lot of money because you know of losing all the games that they normally play. But it'll be a fun time in July, uh, in August. Um, uh, with all these sports playing at once, it's gonna be like sports palooza. Um, with everything that's coming back. Uh, I The other interesting thing I thought was really kind of sucked was this was going to be the 25th season of the MLS, and the fact that they lost out on their 25th season, you know, it's kind of like a big milestone a for big cry. the absolutely Leafs. And they kind of lost out on it because uh, if you don't know, the, the MLS season usually goes from February to uh, November-ish october november ish um and they shut down the league in february or excuse me i take that back it doesn't start in february they they reached their new they had a new collective bargaining agreement that they assigned in february um and they were ready to start the season and it didn't obviously start because of the COVID, and now they're coming back, and they're upset because they agreed to something in February that now they're like, well, we're not going to be able to uphold that CBA. So that's that's what that's basically the bitter feelings that the MLS players have against the MLS owners is like they reached a new collective bargaining agreement and they're pretty much not honoring it, but they understand the circumstances. So they're the the article basically goes on and says how bitter they are because they reached an agreement, but. It's
1: not gonna happen. So Right. Well yeah, again, and it's been an interesting year for collective bargaining right. in sports. So yeah. yeah. Alright everybody, you know what it, it's time for. The favorite segment of the show. It is time for
0: It's time for Chips Chumps. Bad plays players awful calls poor sportsmanship the worst of the week with chips chumps
2: hey guys so it's that time that we uh we set aside to name off the the five chumps for this week um unfortunately i do have to say that i in good conscience could not give you guys a uh, list this week with everything that's happening in the world. One thing that I, I made a promise to myself um, and, and, to, and to Don was that I was going to be truthful and honest this week. And uh, because of that, I, I just couldn't come up with a list for this week. So uh, I do apologize, but there will be no five people that make the chip chumps this week. Um, I just think that there's too much going on in the world today uh, to name off that name off people to be on the list
1: I mean that you know what that's all right you know it really is all right you know it just we we discussed off air maybe people that we could put on the list but it would be controversial I guess you could say it and there we had some opinions on on some of the players that maybe would make the list and felt right now at this time it just would not be good to go that route so i i agreed we both agreed wholeheartedly that this would not be the week for that what do you think chip
2: yeah i i think that at this point there there's more going like i i yeah i think that's a a good way of putting it uh i just felt that you know this chip's chumps is supposed to you know be a little bit fun and silly and with everything that's going on in the world, I, I don't think I could honestly give you a, an honest list that would uh, fit that mold. Uh, so I feel like, you know, you're right. We need to, you know, we're going to skip it this week. It'll definitely be back next week. But, um, yeah, so that's the end of that.
1: That's all right, man. That's no problem. Um, all right, with that being said, we're going to go ahead and hit the buzzer.
0: It's... The final buzzer, the last moments of the
1: show. Okay, here we go. Five, four, three, two, one. All right, everybody, you heard it. It is the final buzzer. We are getting ready to round up the show. Uh, Chip, uh, let's do it a little differently this week. Let's start with the movie of the week before we throw our closing thoughts out there.
2: Sure. The uh, the movie of the week is one of my favorites is a star studded cast uh Edward Norton and Matt Damon and it is Rounders. Uh sports I don't know flick. Don if you if you've ever seen it I I I figured it was a sports flick it's it's world it's poker but it's it it fits in the sports realm. Chip you um, know
1: I am a poker player. So yes, I have seen Rounders. <laughs>
2: yes, um so for those of you that don't know it it was a a movie made back in 1998 um so it's when edward norton and and matt damon were younger uh they're excellent in in this movie Uh, it basically goes through the underground of poker and how everybody bets on poker and it goes through the psychology of reading your opponent um it doesn't get too technical It, it explains everything very face value but Basically, Matt Damon is a very good poker player who is in law school now and pretty much has given up poker. But his one friend gets out of jail and needs money, and and Matt Damon kind of helps him bankroll him into playing poker. And you know, there's a lot of other intricates and and stuff that happens in the film, but it takes you into Matt Damon reading his opponent and being able to see what cars they're handling or how to bluff them. Uh, And uh, my favorite scene in that entire film is when he's in the casino and he's playing with all these amateurs and basically just runs the table because he, or, or at that point, anytime he goes into a setting where he's playing against like your amateurs who, don't really know what's going on and he kind of knows everything and he can tell who's hand, who's has what, who has what hand and, um, bluffs them out of money or bets big and, and wins. Um, it has a lot of highs and lows. It is, it is a very well done film is one of my favorites. Um, so it's in it's definitely in my top 10 list of,
1: uh,
2: sports movies.
1: Absolutely. I I love it. I absolutely love it. It ranks right uh, up at the top of my all-time favorites. So uh, we're here at the closing, and it's been a rough couple weeks in the sports world and a rough couple weeks in the world in general. And as I stated in the last show, and I think I speak for Chip when I say this, we hope that while you are listening to the show we bring a little joy, a little laughter to your life or hope to open up a conversation with your friends, coworkers, family regarding regarding sports. We really love doing this and we hope you all have enjoyed the ride with us so far. Chip.
2: Uh I could not agree more. <laughs>
1: Perfect. All right, um, we're gonna go ahead and close up shop here. So we would like to thank you all for listening. We love you all, and uh, we're just gonna keep plugging away here. Give us your feedback as always, and let us know ways that we can improve the show. Uh, with that being said, that's a wrap. Chip and I, we're out. <laughs>
0: You've been listening to Sportscasters Anonymous. Your opinion may differ, but that doesn't mean you're right. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back next week. We hope you were intrigued or at least entertained. You can find the podcast on all the major networks. Find us on Discord and Patreon at Random Chatter. Hook up on the website at randomchatter.com and browse through the merchandise at randomchatter.com slash store. We'll see you next time. This is Sportscasters Anonymous. Signing off.